It's a movie with more floating dance montages than an interstitial on that 70s show. We're talking Toothless on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and get a little treat from Dairy Queen for being so brave. <laughs> My guest today, she's a comedian, improviser, and cool person. It's Zoe... Grobman. Uh, Grobman. Yeah. I forgot your last name because I don't know if I ever learned it. <laughs> But now I have. I'm a great person. You know me so well. You don't know yeah. my last name. <laughs> We've worked on several projects together, but eh, whatever. Who cares about names? How are you, Zoe? I am doing well. I am ready to talk about... Well, we, we picked a movie. Yeah. So, okay. So, I, I asked you a while ago to come on, and Toothless is what we're talking about today. And it jumped so quickly out of your mouth. So, tell me about your relationship to this movie. Yeah, so this movie, which from most people who probably don't know, is like a 1997 like like ABC movie of Disney movie of the week thing. Yeah, it was like I think it was made a little bit after Disney acquired ABC, so they're like, great, we can make more shit. Yeah, uh, it uh, was released in like VHS, and for some reason, I don't even know how we got the VHS at my house, and for some reason that I still don't understand, although maybe we'll get into it, like. I watched this movie probably 30 times. I was obsessed with Whoa. it. I don't, I do not understand why. Uh, to the point where like, yeah, I, I told my, my mother, I was like doing a, a podcast about kids movies and I was doing Toothless and she was like, oh my God, you loved that movie. <laughs> so is, I'm, I'm assuming now <laughs> Toothless is like a, a thing in your family where it's just like, that's like the word that you don't say because it's like it was so it was so often ingrained well i i was obsessed with like i, I very much like hyper focused on specific media as a kid like i sure. was obsessed with you know that movie when i was like, really young i was like big into barney i was big into jeopardy from a really young age and pokemon so it was like there were things so it wasn't like the only one but it's become yeah. kind of like a running joke you know Sure. I'm trying to think if I had a movie like that. Cause, well, there, there was, I, th- I might have said this on the show, but um, when I was little, I rented Weird Al's movie VHF, or UHF, and I watched. I kept trying to watch it, and so my parents eventually just like put it on the top of the shelf so I couldn't reach it. Uh, yeah, that yeah. movie's not for kids. Uh, Much no. like this podcast. Whoa. <laughs> fuck. Wee, 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 wee. That was the fuck alarm. <laughs> But yeah, so Toothless, um, and I, I know that I've seen this movie mm-hmm. before, because when I looked it up, and it was like Kirstie Alley, Tooth Fairy, which, uh, those are some weird SEO terms that are going to be prevalent for this episode, <laughs> but like it, there was something weirdly familiar about it, and it must have been just like one random Saturday afternoon, ABC mm-hmm. was just playing it, uh, and it's a movie. Mm-hmm. It is... Really short. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, because it was like a TV movie. You know, you'd stuff in yeah. all the commercials. But boy, does it not feel like one. Oh, my. It is. <laughs> oh, it's long. It it's, feels long. No, really? You thought it was long? Oh, see. Well, I mean, we'll get into this more. But when I was young, like, I unironically mo- watched, loved this movie. Sure. Um, But now, like, so when I watched it to record this was, like, right after Cats came out. 
and I had just seen Cats like two or three days before. And controversial opinion, I loved that movie. Um, <laughs> I was uh, very frustrated in that movie. I so I had like a stomachache and a headache. That day, so when I went to see it with my boyfriend, I was just, like, not happy. And then afterwards, he said, like, oh, yeah, um, I could tell that you were miserable. I could hear you sighing for the last half hour. Uh, and I was going to say something, but you already looked miserable. <laughs> so uh, that what did you lo- what did you love unironically about it? About, I, I'm about curi- cats I'm or about toothless? Yeah, let's, let's talk cats for a little <laughs> bit, because w- now that it's out there, you've released this Pandora's box. <laughs> I... I just think the movie, my opinion is that this movie is going to be like the next generation's like The Room or Rocky Horror. Like I, I could see that. It is so bad, it's good. Uh, I, I was asked how to describe that movie and I described it as cats is what would happen uh, if you gave Adult Swim $100 million to make an all-star <laughs> musical furry porno set entirely in the Uncanny Valley. Um and so it's like it's like those really bad shows where you're just like, this is so. How did this get made? Yeah. And like seeing like <laughs> Rebel Wilson like rip off her skin suit to reveal clothes and more skin underneath, or like Ian McKellen like lick a, like water out of a bowl, yeah. like or like um, breakdancing cats. Yeah, and the, their sizes change. There's no internal logic that just makes it one of these like what the fuck experiences. Oh yeah. And honestly, like. Like time, time stopped being a concept midway through the movie. I was like, "This is just never going to end." I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. What? Who is your favorite cat? Who is my favorite cat? That's hard. I, I really yeah. I liked. I can't even remember their name. Like Rumple Teaser and the the two like yeah the two badass ones cats yeah. I I think. <laughs> Welcome to Cats the podcast. Catflix. Uh oh shit! There it is. Um. I think my favorite was, I guess, uh, Scrimbleshanks, the railway cat. Okay. I had to use the bathroom, so I missed that song. Well, that was the one where the size made the least amount of sense. Uh, but that one, I was kind of like, okay, the beat is there. Like, the song is kind of there. Um, I have I downloaded the, the soundtrack onto my phone. I, I listen to it a lot. It's really good. The songs have been popping up in my head. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's they're not leaving like my I'll, mind just constantly goes jellico cats and jellico do jellico uh, apparently they're one of the at one point they say rabbinical cats when both of us being jewish that's yeah. exciting uh right. now now i'm just like imagine so does the rabbinical cat just like not cut the four corners of his fur or like <laughs> yeah yeah that's shemitah fur uh that's a deep cut reference for all you jews out there um yeah, I I thought I think that old Deuteronomy, he's uh that that's the Jewish cat. Well, yeah, Deuteronomy, you know. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy kind of the the Jewish elder. and according to Judy Dench transgender, which is like really Confusing. offensive, but whatever. Yeah, I was reading her explanation of that and I was like this almost doesn't sound terrible, but it does not sound good at See, all. See, that was like J.K. Rowling levels of representation. Like, here's this thing we didn't mention at all in the in the movie that doesn't make it all sense. But like, I'm just gonna say it's true because diversity. Yeah, because like, I guess she meant to say like just gender swapped or something. Because it's like, I guess Old Deuteronomy is usually played by men, and she was a woman mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I mean, that could be a whole politi- uh, podcast of itself, the politics of transgender representation in media. <laughs> Welcome to Transgender Representation That's, a really, that's Flicks. a really catchy name, Zoe. I think that you got that going for you. Mm, tra- tra- 
trans, tr- no, not trans talk. That's not good. Trans flicks. Trans spotting. I, uh, I hate it and I love it. I, well, that, I genuinely that's a good love name, it. Then. Um, I'll listen of, to my podcast, Trans Spotting, uh, coming soon. We don't do you. drugs. Um, uh, speaking of whatever, uh, Toothless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing we came here to talk about. Yeah. So. so so we open this movie. We learn that Kirstie Alley, um, she comes from a long line of dentists. Uh, that her ancestor was Abraham Lincoln's dentist. Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> she says that very early on. Like the first line in the movie is, "I come mm-hmm. from a long line of dentists," which makes her ancestor the first person to uh, drill a hole in Lincoln's head. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry Yeah And also I don't know if if Just like the YouTube quality Was terrible Or just the movie Is very cheaply made This movie looked terrible It was a little bit of both Like So I think it was like 480p That YouTube video of it Um, Yeah It was not very High quality uh, Video But also like This came out in VHS In 97 And was never released On DVD Or any streaming platform Yeah it is not on Disney Plus So it's a 20 year old VHS ripped onto YouTube. And if it's like how you were as a kid, just the person that had this VHS was just watching it constantly. So it's got to be worn down. Mm -hmm. But like this movie is so cheap looking. Uh, Like it looks like every scene was this first take. Okay, we're good. We did it. Yeah. Just should we give a brief synopsis for people who... Sure. So it's it's a tale as old as time. But yeah, here, yeah. Go so Kirstie Alley is a dentist who dies and goes to purgatory because she's not the best person, but also not the worst person. Yeah. Where she's forced to become the tooth fairy uh, to like... Well, do... she, no, she chooses to become okay, the tooth yeah. fairy. She chooses to become the tooth fairy to do community service to be able to go to heaven and despite being told not to interact with any of the people back on Earth, she, she immediately befriends like a ten-year-old and integrates himself herself into his life um, and his school to the point where the school uh, forms a tooth-pulling cult in order to get to meet her. And it is above-the-fold front-page news that kids are. <laughs> Pulling out their own fucking teeth. One of the actresses, by the way, is uh, a very young Kaylee Kuko in one of her first roles from uh, Big what? Bang Theory. Yeah. Wait, who? Uh, it wasn't the girl that he had a crush on, but it was the other girl. What the fuck? Okay, now I have to rewatch this movie. Yeah, yeah. To find There's like some big names in this movie. Anyway, and then we'll not, get to that. Not including Kirstie Alley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, she gets caught by her boss in... Heaven, her boss, played by Vanessa Redgrave. Who is that? She's like a famous actress from like the 60s and 70s, won a bunch of awards, like a very well-respected, like award-winning actress who is somehow playing like this random character. Yeah, I guess it's it's because this is the 90s for Disney, so this is kind of like their second renaissance. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's that thing of like, oh, this is a Disney property? Okay, we'll be in this. And uh, just nobody Nobody really saw what was coming. (laughs) And so she, like, gets caught and is going to be sent to hell, but then, like, I don't know, the kids believe in her a lot, so the parents can see her, and everyone, like, fights for her, and she ends up being sent back to her. It's some weird nonsense. Yeah. Um, so the reason, the, and I wrote down this quote, the reason that kids can see Kirstie Alley and not adults is according to her guardian angel, I don't really know who he is, uh, the guy 
the trainer yeah 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 he so, was a, he was another human who was doing community service yes but then i think he was just tra- some he still had to do his time yeah. I'll, get to, I'll get to my questions about that. Sure. So um, the reason that Kirstie Alley can be seen by children is because, quote, baby teeth represent innocence. <laughs> and once you don't have baby teeth, you're now a corrupted adult. There was a lot of uh, metaphysical claims in this movie. Yeah, this is like would, the goop of uh, kids' movies. I would love to like like fully flesh out like the philosophical implications uh, of this movie. Of course. Like, so for example, like to determine that she went to like, like purgatory, right? Like how did, how do they determine who's good enough to go to heaven? Who's bad enough to go to hell? Like, is this the prequel to the good place? Yeah. Mindy St. Clair is in the background. No, I think it's, I think it's everybody goes here and it's kind of like everybody needs to get judgment of some kind. And that, cause her, her childhood dentist, Dr. Green was there and he seemed like a good guy, and I think it was just like, okay, you, everybody comes to purgatory for a little bit, uh, I, unless you're a baptized Catholic, then Everyone, you go straight right? up. Like, yeah. That's so bizarre, right? But also, you look at this purgatory, and there's 20 people max. Yeah, there's 20. Uh, well, there are different purgatory realms, like... Yeah, and, they're, and it's a trailer park. It's a trailer park in the desert, which I am still convinced was probably their actual, like movie trailers that they just used the outside of <laughs> that's a good idea that's probably what happened and apparently this particular area that they filmed the purgatory scenes in is a really popular place to film like apparently star trek would film there a lot because it kind of looks like at mars ish so that's fun i mean it was just dirt <laughs> yeah uh and <laughs> completely off topic but unrelated to this this movie um has really loud music playing constantly, and it's the same music the entire time. Mm, it's kind oh, of like when you play a video game and you you start to re- like really notice all of the music. When I turned on the movie for the first time, because I hadn't seen this film in about fifteen years, when I turned it on and the music started, I was immediately like, "Oh my god, that's right!" Like this was the music the that was like emblazoned in my head, and like I want to try to find like a way I can like download an MP3 of that music somewhere <laughs> somehow, because there's like like. Um, generic like wacky music mm-hmm. that now is just like you can play that on GarageBand where it's just like and then there's another song um, I forget the song but that she keeps dancing to the entire movie oh it was some like weird pop song from the 80s wasn't it yeah it was like something and do, she, the do 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 yeah do 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 Welcome to Scat. Uh, I want to say it's "It's All Right" by Huey Lewis and the News. That just popped in my Might head, and I'm ninety percent sure that's what it is. So, and she keeps doing this bit where she keeps dancing to it because part of it is like, oh, like having a childlike sense of wonder and like expressing yourself. But then it's also her trying to show that she's like goofy and cool to the kids. And it's really confusing. Which is weird because, like, at first she hates the kids. Like, yeah, she like she switches so quickly throughout. And this the is movie. how she went to purgatory too. Yeah, right? like, like the beginning opens with like a flashback of her like her dreaming of growing up to be a dentist and like like loving lamenting, going to the dentist, lamenting to her 
dentist that she doesn't have cavities or any or and she doesn't need to get any sort of surgery done mm-hmm. and what was very obviously a scene where they just like gave a script to a kid and was like say these words you don't have to know what they mean just <laughs> say them it's like yeah did you know that did, did i got it the right uh, lower incisor is indented into the compact cavity hole wow yeah that like reminds me when i was little and i would like write short stories and stuff and if i wanted a character to sound smart i would just have them say e equals mc squared <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's the extent of that of like the smarts in this movie Mr. President, uh, what should we do about the crisis in the Middle East? E equals MC squared. My God, he's right. <laughs> um, also, like, um, so she, part of the reason that they give to Kirstie Alley for being in purgatory is that as a dentist, she inflicted pain and suffering onto people, which uh, then I was like, oh, this is like a child made this movie because, like, uh, well, every depiction of a dentist is just like a hellish nightmare of like grown men weeping. Well, yeah, but it also seemed like she just genuinely didn't care about like the kids. Like she mm. seemed to like pick no effort in like being like kind to her patients. Oh, you mean like the little girl that she was like, hey, ready for your checkup or to jump in the chair? And then the little girl runs away crying. Yeah. Um, yeah, but speaking weird. of uh, be who this movie was made by, so the director was actually in the movie. She cast what? herself in the movie. Yeah. So <laughs> Kirstie Alley's one friend oh, at is the, diner the director. Single? Whoa. Yep. That explain. Yeah, she can't act a lick. <laughs> sorry. Aww. I'm sorry. Like, uh, this is episode 130 of this podcast. And I'm like, I can't mince words. She's not good at acting, which is fine. Acting isn't for everybody. It's I think hard. she was a like a decently well-known actress too. Oh, oops. Yeah, like she definitely was in something. Well, let's let's find out what's her big claim to fame. Uh, her name is uh, Mel- Melanie Mayron. She, oh, she was on the show Thirty Something. Okay, that's I, I was okay. gonna say Thirty Something, but um, not nothing. Yeah, um, good for her. Yeah, but no, the type thanks. of the type of like eighties sitcom role that gets you nineties TV movie directing spots. Yep, <laughs> like she's the Kirstie Alley of her mm-hmm. day. And one other one other famous person who I have to mention was in this movie was Yardley Smith. Oh God, I didn't notice her either. She had a very brief role. The person who greeted Kirstie Alley right when she gets to Purgatory is Lisa oh, Simpson. Oh my God! Yeah. See, I've I've seen Yardley Smith once in a while because her voice is so recognizable. Yeah, because she's not really doing a voice for Lisa. She's like maybe going half a pitch higher. But she was on an episode of Big Bang Theory, and like I had the DVD, and I remember I was like, "Oh, that's the Yardley." So Smith it was episode. a reunion episode, right? Because Kaylee yeah. Cuoco and Yardley. Smith. <laughs> I wonder if they talked about Toothless. They didn't have a scene together, but uh, I mean, they must have talked about other things and how wacky Sheldon is. Um, Bazinga. Bazinga. Is that copyright? That's, uh, nah. Bazinga is how I felt watching this movie. I was like, oh, this is a bazinga for sure. Um, yeah. uh, Also, like, so, so Kirstie Alley decides that she's going to be the tooth fairy because you can choose different volunteer things to, like, keep your, keep you afloat and kind of give you opportunities to gain points before you go into either afterlife. It's very reminiscent of The Good Place. By the way, there's literally, like, an airport, like, stair type thing that yeah. leads you to heaven it's the stair car from and Arrested then, Development yeah basically the stair car and then like a caged elevator that like descends in like through the sand that's literally called the elevator. yeah that which, like 
a good. band comes and like plays like a sad boom 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 song and, like and we as watch, you go to we, hell. We watch a man in a suit crying and pleading <laughs> as he sings into hell. I'm like, I don't know what he did, but uh oh. Um, but so so Kirstie Alley is the tooth fairy, and how she dis- finds out w- whose teeth she takes is a magical typewriter types that out for her, but. The only information the typewriter gives her is name and country. And so it says like USA, USA for all these kids. And it's supposed to be this pivotal part in the movie when everybody's pulling out their teeth. But it's also like, yeah, 300 million some people live in the United States. So there's going to be quite a few teeth. Yeah. And there's also a lot of underrepresentation of like China and Russia, given that those are like the biggest population countries. Like, Yeah, I think there's one part where she's flying over like some... I think, I think she it was flies. Tokyo. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's right. She flies over Tokyo. I thought she flew over the Great Wall of China at some point. Well, this this also raises another philosophical question of because uh, so how, does time work for her differently? Because she is she the only tooth fairy? First of all, are there other tooth fairies out there? It seems not. I think she's the only tooth fairy. So how does she like? We see her flying, right? She doesn't just teleport. We see her physically moving. So how does she get? And she's flying it, you know. No faster than the speed of an airplane. And she is taking so long. And so she's she, like waving her body around. Yeah, I was going to say, she does little dances uh, as she goes around. Like, um, to show the montage of her getting kids' teeth, instead of like, oh, I'm in this, all these different looking bedrooms, like in Monsters Inc., you see all the different doors. Mm-hmm. It's her dancing while suspended from a wire and they just like change the green screen behind her to different cityscapes. Don't ruin the magic of movies. I thought they she was really flying right. over Tokyo. They did clarify that in the IMDB trivia that like they hung her from a wire and that's how they did it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I figured that she wasn't really flying. Um, the, they I'm actually so made a pool out of green screen and she was just swimming. <laughs> Uh, and 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 it kind of looks like in in '90s movies and sitcoms when they're doing like a montage where like they're shopping or something. And, so and the whole like, time, the do 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 do. That's right. Yeah. So she keeps doing her silly little dance, uh, and that's like a pivotal part in the movie. Like she'll like, she was like dancing for the kids and parents, uh, and I hated it. <laughs> but so that's a question of time, right? How does she get everywhere right. in one night? So I. Th- it's got to be like Santa Claus rules mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, or uh, like how the flash, when the flash is running around and doing stuff to him, it looks like the world is frozen and he's mm-hmm. just kind of walking around. But I think she's just going supersonic. Okay. So that might, that might answer that question, but it still doesn't get the fact that this entire movie breaks the space time continuum. So that, let, let, let me Very lay casually out, breaks the space let time me continuum. lay out the chronology of this movie, right? So she dies. Right after she dies. Oh, wait, how does she die? Time, we have to say she dies. Um, she swoops out of a car, getting hit by a car, and gets hit by a bike. Yeah, like, and, and is killed by the bike. Like, I don't. Yeah, she maybe like she slams her fucking head on the pavement. But yeah, it's it's also the montage of her dying is like it's really qu- there's no music, there's barely any sound effects. It's like slow motion, wasn't it? It's slow motion, but like they clearly did it in post. They didn't like film it to be in slow motion, so it's like. A lot of just white space, uh, and then she has cool sunglasses in heaven. <laughs> yeah, so she she dies, right? Yes. Timeline: she dies, she goes to purgatory. 
time continues on because at one point we see her watching like an old like tube v- uh, TV of what's going on live on yeah, Earth. Yeah, she can watch. She can watch anybody on TV because she's Earth. watching her friends. Her friend mourning her, right? Which like yet, okay, chill. Yet at the same time, she's building a relationship with this young boy. Tommy? Yeah, Tommy, I think. Bobby or something. (laughs) Something like that. Anyway, at the end of the movie, she comes back to life directly where she previously died. So earlier in time. And then that afternoon, Tommy is one of her patients, but recognizes her. No, she does. He doesn't. No, he does until the tooth is pulled and then he forgets. But he and the dad recognize her. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait her, her pulling the tooth. Because it was his last tooth. So he stopped remembering oh. her and then she started dating the dad. But so... That makes... I mean, So it's a time sense. loop. How did the dad and Bobby recognize her if time reversed and then they came to see her as a dentist before they ever would have met her as a tooth fairy? But no, they remember her as the tooth fairy. Um, God, that's hard. Because I'm thinking of like The Good Place uh, in the season two finale... When uh, welcome the, to the Good Place, the podcast. I'm whatever the name of the actor who Mark plays Sean, Mark Evan Jackson. I just took the Instagram thing of like which Good Place character you are, and I'm Sean, so I'm happy about that. But it's uh, how the season two finale is. The judge is like, okay, we're gonna save them from death and mm-hmm. see how their lives change. Yeah, but then they go back to where they were when they yes. were born. When they, when they not when they were born, when they died. Well, yeah, that's what happens to Kirstie Alley. But then, yeah. but then it's like a weird. I want to say that it's like a like a just a dissonance thing of just like they're like something is familiar about this kind of like uh, my, my, no my my problem isn't yeah. that Kirstie Alley remembers it's that my Bobby. problem is how does Bobby and the dad recognize her yeah if according to their own timeline they didn't like they hadn't met her yet right I did write this out of confusion that I didn't understand what that was happening because I didn't think I didn't think the dad recognized her I thought I thought he was like you seem familiar, and then they kissed, and then he was like, that was fast, or something. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, and then but you literally see, like, like Bobby comes in and was like, hey, you were the tooth fairy, yeah, and then she's like pulls his tooth, and he forgets her, and then she was like, was that your last baby tooth? And that was like this big dramatic moment. And she's like, don't you know who I am? And he goes, uh, you my new dentist? Wah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I've always wanted to do that on a podcast. Yeah, this is a shock jack podcast now. Um, Welcome to a Tropo Flicks house. <laughs> yeah, we're we're coming up with a lot of possible spinoffs of Kid Flicks, uh, which I should figure out. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so uh, and she has this new sense of love for the world because she's like, now I have to savor every moment and be a good person because I got another chance at life. Uh, and, and then, then she like she asks she like invites like her secretary or whatever or to nurse or whatever off. to take the day off and like go out for dinner or something and the secretary was like who like where's the pod like who ate you yeah uh, and then she the movie ends with her going out on the street dancing one more time and then stealing a rose from a guy <laughs> so she's getting into hell yeah because she stole a rose. I wonder what hell and heaven in this Disney movie are. Because, like, Purgatory seems just kind of annoying, but, like, Disney quirky and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it, it's got to be, like, hell is just, like, meth class or something. Yeah, like, that's, like, or hell is, like, you know, you're working in retail or, like, I don't, like, it's... Oh, like, an American Horror Story season it seems, three? It seems much less, like, hell and more, like, heck. Like, yeah. It's probably, like, you're going to go down to heck. 
<laughs> in the heck of it. <laughs> it's going to be, instead of the devil, we have minor inconvenience, man. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be. You, you walk to the coffee shop to get some work done and oh, you forgot your pen at home. Or even worse, like you open your laptop and it's at 9% and you're like, I don't have my charger. <laughs> but it's like, I already am sitting here, so I'm not going to go back home. <laughs> Uh, this is the so worst. That, that's oh, this is the worst. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you're spending all of eternity just being an inconvenienced? Uh, what else happened in this movie? So I have a question about who Lynn Redgrave's character is. Uh, yeah, so okay, go. so Lynn Redgrave plays her supervisor Rogers, who's like yes. responsible, and she's so, a, she's a no nonsense. Yeah, and she's wearing one of like the employee suits, the same suit that Yardley Smith's character is wearing, and the yes. same suit that I cannot remember his name. The um his, oh um Raul. Yeah, that Raul was that his name? Yeah, yes. Raul was wearing. Um, but Raul states in the movie that he's a human who. Um, is serving, you know, his time at community service by training the different people, and eventually he'll end up in heaven. Yeah. Who are Vanessa Redgrave and Yardley Smith? Are they also people? If they're people, who, like, why is, like, Redgrave the boss? Like, is she an they, angel? Is she a to, demon? Like, They've got to be, like, angels or impartial people that are just like, this is my day job, like, clock in and clock out. I mean, she, but she's, like, rude for an angel, but she couldn't be a demon. Right? Like, if there's one thing that, like, The Good Place taught us, it's that, like, neither, like, the, the demons or, like, The Good Place architects have access to Mindy St. Clair in the neutral place. Like... Well, they could technically take the train, I guess. I guess. But I'm, they don't have, like, jurisdiction. Like, they can't use their powers or whatever. Oh, true. There is a dude in the obelisk. Like, yes. I, yeah, um, oh, I, I'm, I'm 100% headcanoning that this show takes place in the same world as The Good Place. I mean, like, the sandiness of Mindy St. Clair's medium place is pretty similar to mm-hmm. Purgatory. Like, uh, this is just raising so many more questions now. And oh. that, that's one of the reasons why I originally brought up Cats and I like, compared it to Cats because I think it's one of these movies that at like an objective like movie internal logic quality levels, it's a bad movie. Yes. But like in the absurdity of the nonsense that happens and, and the, the question the failure. and the questions that it raises is just it's one of those movies I would could very easily see like being to friends being like you've never seen Toothless you need to watch this nightmare of a movie. Yes, I yeah I agree with that. Like well, it was very entertaining. I was not bored. I I wasn't bored. I was fr- I was tired and like I was doing laundry and I was like I'm like watching this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and I was uh, uh I was having a little drinky drink or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, but that didn't even help. Uh, if anything, that kind of made it worse. I was like, oh, now I'm bored. And, and like, now I'm overstimulated. Um, but well, the thing with Raul, though, because he brings up that part of the all, the reason that Kirstie Alley can't move on to heaven yet is because she hasn't loved anybody, which doesn't really get resolved. Like, Because also, Raul, I thought that that was part of his reasoning for still being in purgatory, is that like, like his family died. Somebody, people in his family died, and then he was just kind of like, yeah, and then I didn't really, I couldn't really love anybody the way that I loved them, and they're all gone. So, yeah, I didn't leave anybody. There was behind. some really like weird, like necessary of romance, like stuff shoehorned in that was, of course, you know, very straight Bad. and yeah. light. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, I don't remember the context, but at one point, oh, when uh, Kirstie Alley is giving Bobby 
notes about like how to act towards girls. She said, this is the nineties. Girls love sensitive guys. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like, now I'm just looking at all my notes and they're just non sequiturs. My and name's it's like, Bobby and I'm such a nice guy. Well, she did walk that girl home, uh-huh. which, okay. In, in the mean suburbs of Ohio or whatever the fuck. What, did they say they were in Ohio? I feel I don't know why, but Ohio was Ohio what does in sound my... vaguely familiar. Yeah, I don't know. Which think... like Ohio is already purgatory. Am I right? <laughs> Sorry, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that's the most purgatory thing I can think of. I mean, uh, Cedar Point is pretty cool. But... I've never been. I've never been to Ohio. World Coast, ca- World Coast, Roller Coaster Capital of the World. Oh, I'm good then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if there's like a log flume ride that's not too scary, capital of the world, I'm in. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> yeah, it's called the Wisconsin Dells. Ooh. Um, I also forgot that um, near the end of the movie, uh, when Kirstie Alley shows herself to all of the adults finally, one of them faints, and I'm like, that's you can't have a Disney movie unless an adult faints. And also, if the kid has one parent, yeah, then just it's a like Disney movie. The angry parents. Too. Like the angry parents hounding the principal. Like there's the scene towards the end where like they're literally just chasing him through the entire hotel, just like yelling incoherently all at the same they're time. Like, at my him. Ki- these kids, this kid needs to be expelled. He's giving lies to our kids. And it's like you need to talk to your kids about not believing. Oh in the yeah, tooth that fairy. happened. They expelled Bobby for refusing to say that the tooth fairy doesn't exist. And then the dad was like, you know what? I believe in the tooth fairy. If my son does. And then it was this nice moment. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those, like, everyone stands up like, I am Spartacus. I am. <laughs> I'm the Tooth Fairy. Uh, and then there's, like, I forgot that he, like, didn't have a mom. Because at one point he's like, yeah, mom's dead or something. And then he runs away crying. And it was a one, it was uh, a magical moment. <laughs> I wonder what the people who worked on this movie were thinking. Uh, probably, like. Whatever we're getting, we're getting like sag for this. No one will ever remember this movie until two comedians in Philadelphia do a podcast about it twenty three years later. Yeah, because I mean, I because this was also when TV was still considered just like shitty and just kind of like, ah, eh, whatever, it's TV, we'll mm-hmm. just make it. It's schlocky and it has heart and and like whatever. A parent can watch this with their kids and be fine with it, mm-hmm. or a kid can force their parent to watch it for the twenty fifth time and drive them insane. Yeah, I think my parents at that point, they were like, let me show you how to use the VHS so you can just do it on your own. Yeah, it was definitely one of my most watched films along with like, you know, like the Rugrats, like Jewish specials. Yes, those were good. Ooh, okay. I think I remembered, I know what my like toothless was. Mm-hmm. My brother and I watched Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat a lot. Like the Donny Osmond like video version where it like takes place, the framing of it. I don't think I ever saw this. Yeah. <laughs> Like the, the framing of it is that they're um they're in a Catholic school and they're having an assembly, an assembly, and then like all of the kids run onto the stage and they get transported to like ancient Egypt, but it's like colorful techno Egypt, uh, techno Egypt like you know like like a rave in like ma- Germany like yeah <laughs> uh, mainly mainly like oh all of the like the fathers of. Uh, monotheistic religions, but they also have sunglasses. <laughs> That's pretty much the only difference. My name is Moses, and I love to skateboard. No, not Moses. This was before Moses. This was this was. Uh, oh wait, no, this was after Moses. This was Jacob. No wait. 
Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to school you, but I, <laughs> I'm pretty familiar with Joseph in the Amazing Dagger Dream. Well, Joseph was the one where his brother sold him, right? Yes. Yeah, no, that was before Moses. No, that was because um, I thought it was Abraham, Isaac. No, because that happens in Genesis and oh, Moses' Exodus. And you know, oh, and this was the nice. Okay, okay. And then, so this this is Welcome what established to Jewish good... history flicks. <laughs> so this is what established the story of uh, Joseph is what established a good relationship between uh, Pharaoh and the Jews. But then when this Pharaoh died, mm-hmm. then the tradition was kind of halted with Ramses II or whatever. Yeah, well, I think it was a couple of generations. Yeah. But yeah. But no, that's. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. We both... I'm right that you're right that I'm wrong. Either that or Andrew Lloyd Webber isn't biblically accurate, which that's... <laughs> oh, this was another Andrew Lloyd Webber, just like Yeah, nuts. this conveniently, and uh, uh, yeah. So when, it was musical, too. Yes, I was listening to it, the other the soundtrack the other day, and I was like, yep, this is definitely the same guy that did Cats, just kind of like weird off rhyme schemes and almost like interesting things with Angelical music, but not really. Jews are Angelical <laughs> Jews, Angelical Jo Joseph has a tight-knit color dream code. Well, actually, the, the whole <laughs> motif of Joseph is about, like, dreams. So I think, like, that kind of fits into Cats as well, of, like, following your dreams and, and that letting cats yourself is die. what happens if you get really, really high when you're sick and then fall asleep and have a fever dream? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That was one of Joseph's dreams. Um, I'm trying to think, what else are we missing in this movie? I feel like we haven't talked about anything, yet we've talked about so much. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, we've talked about how she came from a dentistry family. Uh, we talked about the terrible music. Like, I guess, like, what what were you so latched on about it as a kid? And, like, do you remember the point where you was... kind of where you kind of just, like, switched over and were like, oh, this isn't good at all? I think I just, I don't think that I ever, like, switched over. I think it was, like... I don't know. I think there was, I was always a very like inquisitive questioning kid of like, you know, what happens, what happens, you know, what's next. And I think there was something like juvenilely like, like grabbing about like the depiction of the afterlife. I'm like, I do like, like before I, we saw this movie, the things that remembered about that movie that really stuck out that I still had in my memory were like her in the dentist chair and like the elevator, like there was something about the elevator that like morbidly fascinated me, and I don't quite understand why. Yeah, I think like. But I ended up getting a degree in philosophy, so, so maybe this movie there's is perfect some, for you. Yeah, because I guess for me, like the only thing that I remembered was just like, like Kirstie Alley's the Tooth Fairy, so like her like folding her arms and having like, uh, like Converse shoes mm-hmm. while also wearing a Tooth Fairy dress, and that's kind of all I. And I think it was also a movie that was very much like, you know, enjoy being a kid. You don't want to grow up. You lose things when you grow up. Yeah. And I guess, like, I I was obsessed with death as a kid, and I still kind of am to an extent as as a childish adult. But, like, I like when there's a very clear kind of depiction of just like, oh, yeah, this is, like, I like that it's just corporate Mm -hmm. and just kind of, like, like clerical. Which, like, you know, from an, like... Like, critical analysis is, like, really interesting how the afterlife is laid out. It's another, it's really another parallel to, like, The Good Place. Yeah, this, like, the more that we talk about it, I wasn't even really thinking about The Good Place, except for, oh, purgatory, okay. But, yeah, this really hits a nail on the head. And, like, as the, at the time that we're recording this, 
tomorrow is the series finale. Yeah, tomorrow is when it ends. So uh, you will all know how it ends. We don't, don't yet. Tell uh, us. Don't yeah. Don't don't, don't travel back, back in time and tell us. Unless it's because he went to purgatory, did your good deeds, and then come back to life. In which and then case, you did a dance to "It's All Right" by Huey Lewis in the mm-hmm. <laughs> Um. But yeah, I'm trying to think. Do you have any final thoughts, or should we should we just get into rating this? Because um, I know you have you have your notes up there, and I want to give you yeah, all give the time a... in the world to try to rifle through them. That's the stressful thing is just trying to think like, what haven't we talked about? Because yeah, like we said, this movie is short, but like it is densely packed. And you know, I think the other thing that I remember about this movie was the scene where she's training to fly and like being oh in my that God, really yes. cheap warehouse <laughs> set. I re- that really brought back some random memory that I can't quite place. Yeah, she's like trying to like jump fly and it just doesn't work over and over again until she like believes in herself and like and doesn't, doesn't think about it or whatever. I don't know. It's you know like- what? That, that's my biggest issue with this movie. They need to decide if she's good at her job as a tooth fairy or bad at it. But is she good at her job as a dentist either? Because that's the thing. As a kid, she loves dentistry. And then it cuts to her being an adult, and it seems like she's just like, "Ugh, this is my job. I don't care about it." Like, well, I, guess, I guess it's kind of like we need to we need to see the middle beat. Like, when did she like lose her spark? Lose when her did she become love. disillusioned with the fine art of dentistry? So my thought, I kind of think of it like, like you you and I do comedy stuff, and like we, we do uh, sometimes. Oh it's, wow, uh, it's weird. Uh, and then we know people that have gone on to do more stuff in comedy, but like the more that your passion becomes just your job, mm-hmm. then it kind of loses that spark to it. And maybe that's what we're experiencing that like, uh, it's good to love what you do as a profession, but if you like your dream job becomes reality, then you're like, Oh, now it's just my job and I'm just grinding. Yeah. See, there's so much subtext in this movie, right? Yeah. Like it's very, it's very dense and deep and analyzable. Maybe we should start a podcast, the toothless minute where <laughs> we go minute by minute and explore this. I would, I would do that, honestly. It sounds like it's so terrible. This, this movie is so it, dense. It can't like, be worse than the... What was the movie? Was it Brothers or whatever that they did that to? Uh, grown Ups. It was Grown Ups. Someone grown did a Grown Ups oh, podcast. There, well, there's Grown Ups 2 that they watched every week for a year. And they've done like the Star Wars minute. They've done all these like minute by minute things mm-hmm. for no reason. We'll just do a podcast where each week we bring on someone new who hasn't seen the movie Toothless before and we talk to them about it. Yeah, that's a good idea. And they watch up to... <laughs> the point that we're reviewing and then they have to guess what happens and they, they won't guess ever. <laughs> it's impossible to guess. Um, but uh, now is, Oh, also wait, we should talk about this. Okay. So Kirstie Alley is a Scientologist. Yep. Can we look at this movie through a going clear lens? I'm not sure. Um, I would be interested to see. Like, I didn't realize how long she'd been a Scientologist before until yeah, I was so doing s- since the seventies. So like, very young into Scientology. Mm-hmm. She jumped on that bandwagon. Another connection with The Good Place, Kirstie Alley was a Scientologist when she was on Cheers with Ted Danson. Whoa. And Ted Danson is chill. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But, like, I wonder if, because I know she left, like, after a few years. I wonder if her, like, Scientology had anything to do with it. So I think, well, she came on in season three. Oh, she was the one who came later. Yeah, she because okay. Shelley Long left okay. because she she was like done. She was uh, Diane. Uh, yeah. Uh, Welcome I, to Cheers, Flix. I haven't seen enough of Cheers to really know this, but I somehow do. And so she was kind of to be like the new female person. And then she was, I think, one of the only, if not the only, Cheers cast member to not appear on Frasier. 
And apparently, she so the reason she didn't go on Cheers is she because, didn't go on Frasier. On Ch- Frasier, thank you, is because uh, the whole thing with Scientology and like psychiatry and how they don't believe in that. Oh yeah, and because Zaz and everything. And then the creator of Frasier was like, "Yeah, we didn't ask you to come on," and like. Hashtag burn. I like to imagine that, like, Kirstie Alley and Kelsey Grammer are, like, fighting because, you know, Kelsey Grammer is also, like, really not a good person. Yeah. So it's, like, it's fun to imagine, like, two people where you just, like, fight, fight, and a- fight. And apparently, like, she started her own, like, weight loss food company and it was a scam because she said that she lost weight on it, but it was also, wa- coincidentally, while she was training to oh, be yeah, on Dancing it- with the Stars. Wasn't she, like, the mascot for Jenny Craig or something? Yeah, for Jenny Craig. And, like, I, I'm not, we're not shaming her for, like, trying to lose weight or yeah, struggling no, with no, weight. Yeah, no, 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 not at but, all. But, like, uh, potentially running a scam, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember, like, her Jenny Craig commercials, but honestly, she was always, like, the girl from Toothless for yeah. me. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how Jenny Craig food kind of looks good? I've never, I've never had it, but I, I have had Hello like Fresh. the, you know, like the frozen Weight Watchers meals. So I, wait, did you, did your house have the Weight Watchers soda? Uh, no, oh. my mother was like on and off Weight Watchers for years. Um, but we, I so those meals were around. Yeah, and I don't know. Now I still like occasionally eat them just because I'm really freaking lazy. I'm like they're. Decent, yeah, they're uh, decent depression meals. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. So, my friend had like a bunch of Weight Watchers soda, which is just like soda with like soda flavored water with Splenda in it. Okay, and it, like I remember being so good, but I'm sure nowadays it would taste like fucking shit. Yeah, probably. When I was yeah. young, I had Boost or was it Insure or whatever? Uh, insure, was, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had both. That was, Whoa, that was a kid. Dude, you were really scrawny and you were like, yeah. I really need to work it up. I was, I was like, when I was eight years old, I weighed 37 pounds. I oh like, my God. I fit between like the door and the screen door of the house. I had some medication side effects that I'm not going to talk about that, on the podcast, okay, that, but, but yeah. That makes more sense of just like, yeah, that just happened. <laughs> wow. Well, you're you're looking fine. I don't know. This is my oh, uh, this is my uh, health flicks. No? Health flicks. Yeah. <laughs> Man, these are great. We need somebody should be writing down all of these spinoff ideas. Uh, but <laughs> now is the part of the podcast where we rate everything uh, on a scale of zero to five. Uh, you can be we can be as minute and specific as we want with these decimal points and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, Zoe, what what are you thinking of giving Toothless today? So, it, I guess it depends what scale we're rating it on. So, like, zero is the worst, five is the best. You, uh, no, I mean, like, about, like, in terms of, like, stuff? is it good? Is it, like, a well-made film? Or is it, like, enjoyable? Because, like, so here, here is what happened when I was watching it. Like, sure. I had all these memories of it being my favorite movie. And, I'm talk- and I start watching it. And about 15 minutes in... I, like, text my mom. I was like, my childhood is ruined. This movie is terrible. And then I watch more and more, and, like, I text her back, and I'm like, never mind. This movie is the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Like, it is simultaneously a zero and a five. It is, like, it is unrateable, but I, like, I, I love the movie. I do. I think it is a great, like, what the hell watch. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at, like, some of our ratings of some of our lowest rated movies and i'm trying to think like okay is it better than that is it worse than that i th- so are you going with zero no okay <laughs> it is it, it reminds me of, there was there was one review uh that the av club did of an episode of doctor who years ago that always stuck in my head where they literally simultaneously gave the episode an a and an f um, oh, I don't remember which episode that was, was, but I know. It was the three-part season three finale. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I know way too much about Doctor Who. Yeah, of course. Uh, welcome to Who Flicks. Um, but I, 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 I don't know how I can particularly rate it. I'll guess I'll give it like around a four-ish because wow, because it's bad. It's so good, but like that I love it, but I can't like. Yeah, I I got what you mean. It's it, it is like. To everyone listening, even though, like, we've spoiled everything, like, it's one of those things you have to see with your own eyes. Spoiler from 1997. (laughs) Like, you, you, if you're at all interested in, like, Cats, Rocky Horror, The Room, the type of movies that's, like, so bad it's good, like, I definitely recommend watching this film. Yeah. Uh, It's, like, 80 minutes, and, like... It's on YouTube for mm -hmm. free, like, you can watch it. Like, me, I'm thinking, so, going off of some of the other, like... Movies that we've watched that are terrible, but then I'm like, okay, that was insane to watch. I had a great time. I'm kind of rating on that scale. So me, I'm going to be giving uh, Toothless a 1.911 because uh, you have to call the police uh, if you die on the street. Oh, God. Um, but I didn't know we could come up with good pun numbers. Well, you can do whatever you want. It's the magic of radio. But... Crunching the numbers, we are combined giving. Well, hold on. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my rating. Then. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm gonna give uh, it a uh, three point one five nine three. Why? It is my birthday. Oh, oh, wait. Our birthdays are very close to each other. That's fun. Wait, when's your birthday? <laughs> March third. Oh, cool. Great. Pisces, that explains it, mm-hmm. I think. I, I I don't know astrology, but I think people that know astrology are like, oh, yes, you both are Welcome Pisces. to two Jewish comedians with the same astrology sign. Flicks. Flicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so crunching the numbers again, we are giving Toothless a score of 2.53515, which puts it, let's see, where is it on our scale? It is, okay, it is... Oh my god, I'm trying to get to it. It is right above The Land Before Time and right below An American Tale. <laughs> Weird. Not where I would have put it, but okay, the numbers don't lie. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that if you learn anything from this episode is that the numbers don't lie. Uh, but Zoe, thank you so much for coming yes, on. Yes, thank you for having me. So, um, is is there anything that you would like to plug and promote? I know you yeah. have a, a Twitter and stuff like um, that. Um, yes, my you can find my weird comedy and political nonsense on uh, Twitter at comedyunism. So it's comedy and communism smushed together. Great. So comedy U N I S M. Um, yeah, and I, that's linked in the description. That's linked in the show notes. I'm trying to think if I have any particular shows coming up. I don't. I don't think I do, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, you can find me on social media at Mr. Wiseman. And, uh, you know, rate and review us on iTunes because that helps with ratings and stuff. But uh, that is all for today. And be sure to tune in probably by the time you listen to this three weeks ago for the series finale of The Good Place. Yeah, you can now tweet spoilers (laughs) at us by the time this comes out. Uh, But that is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight. And go, go, Gadget, and show.